Well, Soul City Church, can we welcome Kyle Corver? Back, back to Soul City, back to Chicago for at least the weekend. We are so glad to have you here, Kyle. It's been a great morning so far, and, and we're excited for what God's going to do over our time together. Kyle and I uh, have known each other for the last couple years, four years or so, and we're going to work really hard to make this interview not seem awkward at all. So if we kind of laugh at each other, please don't take us too seriously. We're trying not to take ourselves too seriously. Uh, but I'm excited to kind of get a little bit more into your story. We've never really shared this with Soul City before, but I think it is important for this church to hear kind of your connection to this church. And, and, as, and Kurt mentioned just a moment ago, but you kind of have some deep roots in this church. And we're here. If there's a beginning before the beginning, you and Juliet were a part of that. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about your connection to Soul City? as we get into it today. Yeah. Uh, first of all, great to be here. The church has uh, evolved quite a bit since I was here last. Um, I want to apologize for what I got going on underneath here. Like it's this, hot. this third it's a, it's service summer. is a thing. It's a thing. It's real. I usually got no sleeves. Yeah. You know, well, this is that's a, true. I might start, this is why pastors wear coats all the time. I might start preaching like that, that way. I might start thing. preaching like, in tank tops. Yeah. Yeah. So I looked in the bathroom after the last sermon. I was like, oh my gosh, man. Like, I'll sit like you're this. You're good. You're good. I'm all right. Now, now no <laughs> one's going to notice it now that you've mentioned it. Yeah, Eyes right. up here. <laughs> Eyes up here. That's Come right. on. Um, no, we, it was, a, it was a, you know, both me and, and Juliet, before we were married, uh, just kind of a, a theme that's been going on in our life is we've moved a lot. We have moved all over the place. We've lived literally all over the world. And, um, what we've kind of found over time is like when we, ma we make a move, uh, the first thing we have to do is find a church. Mm. Like we got to find it as soon as possible because we got to, that's how we find our community. That's how we, you know, keep our relationship with God going. That's how we worship. That's how all these things happen, right? And if we live for a, a period of time without that, we, we tend to, you know, kind of be somewhere that we don't want to be. So mm. um, when we were first, we were coming from Utah to Chicago, we were dating at the time. We weren't married yet. We're like, we got to find a church. And my friend who was in Orlando at the time, uh, Jared had just gone and, and spoken at their church, and, uh, and he called me afterwards. He's like, yo, man, there's this guy. Like, he's pretty cool. He's planting a church with his wife. It's called Soul City, and you, you guys ought to, you know, check it out. Yeah, so uh, we, we, we got in, I think, email. We emailed yeah. a couple times, and we met up, and we heard the vision, and like a few hours later, we were slinging sledgehammers in the back, <laughs> like... No, but that's Just actually literally how it happened. Yeah. We had lunch, kind of a late lunch, and then we said, what are you guys doing this evening? Yeah. And you and said we nothing. We're like, we're like, we've got plans for you. Gave us some sledgehammers. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, Soul City's amazing. They put you to work, like, right away, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, they're good about this yeah, stuff. And, right. um, and so, anyway, we were in here, and we were, you know, doing the sledgehammers and cutting bolts in the ceiling, and I think we yeah, got Yeah, we have some, some pictures. So this, like, that's literally, that's the, what is now the women's bathroom. You and Juliet, that was your first job we gave you at Soul City, was to demolish the old bathroom. Yeah. Juliet? Yeah, well, we, 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 we kind of like met Jarrett and Jeannie, and before we got into our stories, we were like doing couples counseling. Like yeah, we, we started with couples counseling. We were like moving right. here, but we weren't married yet, and there was just a lot of stuff going on, right? And that, Juliet took the sledgehammer and just beat this wall down, and like, <laughs> I think that was maybe three swings. Yeah, she had this thing. working some stuff out. She was working she some was, stuff out. I felt bad. And for then the we wall. put, we had Kyle up, like, up in the ceiling. There was all, because this room didn't look like this when we moved in here a couple years yeah. ago. In fact, we moved in here exactly four years ago, so we started uh, working on the space. We'd work all afternoon. And then worship at night. And so there's a picture of that's Kyle up on the ceiling hanging off the side of a ladder. I was like on my tiptoes on a step ladder, like cutting bolts out of the ceiling with a saw. And I was like, you know what? I think I should have some goggles on. There's like yeah. sparks flying. <laughs> we couldn't afford so I got some goggles. Yeah. Man, and, yeah. and, um, <laughs> no, but it's, it's it cool. It's, it's been, um, 
even just for me and Juliet, like, uh, you know, we came here together, not married. We, you know, we were part of this church. Like, we, we had our struggles. We had things we were going through in life. And, and, and uh, the leadership here, Jarrett and Jeannie, Soul City, really kept us I mean, together, but mm. also just growing. And, um, mm. you know, we ended up being married, like, right here yeah. at these steps. Yeah. So it's a cool kind of, you know, come full circle and, and, yeah. and, and be here again now. And, and uh, you know, Juliet, I guess we didn't even talk, she was leading worship here at the yeah, church. Yeah, and so it's fun is that, you know, when we started, we, we obviously knew we wanted music to be a part of what we do here. And so Juliet, you know, your soon-to-be fiancé at the time and eventually wife, started leading our worship collective. And the, our, the whole movement of music that we have here at Soul City really came out of Juliet's heart and her vision. We would talk and talk and talk about what would it look like for our church to create moments with God together around music and I mean, really powerful to see how God has used you guys. And I was sharing that at the 1030 together. I hadn't really thought about this before, but how cool that God used the two of you in that unique season, a tough season for you guys in Chicago. It was a kind of a, a challenging season, a lot of growing yeah. going on. But as you guys kind of prepared this room and this space and this whole church, that a year later you'd be standing within this room and getting married in this room. I mean, that's just only God could, do, yeah. could weave a story it's together cool. like that. So we're so grateful for, for Kyle and Juliet and their investment here. And I know for you, like you said, church has been kind of a part of your story. Anytime you move to a new city, okay, you got to find a church. Because that, you kind of grew up like literally in a church. I mean, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story growing up and faith and... Um, I mean, I grew up with every Christian advantage a little boy could possibly have, I guess. My dad is a preacher. My grandpa's a preacher. I got uncles that are preachers. We lived across the street from the church. I I, I learned how to play basketball in church parking lot. Like, I mean, the list goes on and on. Like, you know, church was just kind of what I did. Um, You know, church and bath. Our family, we'd come home, you know, after church. I got my one brother's here, Clay, my second brother. Um, Him and Kelly are still a part of Soul City, which is an ongoing kind of theme, which is cool. Um, You know, but we, we talked about church and leadership in the church. I'm like six, right? <laughs> church and leadership and Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, right? Like, this is, like, this is where we went as a family. Like as a you kid, know? you thought Larry Bird was the 13th disciple. You were pretty, yes. like, we, 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 Larry Bird was like, Jesus, Jesus Larry, Larry Bird. Bird. <laughs> you know, it was, um, he was Tough. up there. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, like, we, like politics, eh, kind of, maybe, you know, arts, nah, not, not really. Um, travel, no. Like, we had church and leadership and we had basketball. So, wow. Um, you know, and it was interesting because I was, I was the first of four boys uh, in my family. I was the first grandkid on both sides. And, you know, it was, it was drilled into me by everybody in the family that I was the leader of the next generation. And I had mm-hmm. to lead by example. And, mm-hmm. and um, you know, like I had to follow the rules. And, 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 and I tried, right? And so, and that probably kept me out of a whole bunch of trouble <laughs> growing mm-hmm. up, some of it. Um, you know, but... Uh, it just kind of moving, moving on into my faith, you know, it really impacted my faith as well, and where maybe it wasn't so good, where, you know, like growing up, like my faith was about keeping the rules and putting on mm. the right front and making sure I was the right example for everyone. Mm. And as I grew up, and I, you would hear these awesome testimonies of people who were, they were on drugs and living on the street, and then God, you know, came in and, and, and pulled them in, and they have this incredible story now to share. Like, I never felt like I had that story, mm. you know, and I felt bad about it. Um, mm. You know, but as I've gotten older, like, I actually, like, like this, this lukewarm kind of thing that I was dealing with for a whole lot of years, it's a pretty heavy theme in the church, you mm. know, and it's, uh, uh, it, it actually kept on going. I, I kind of, in this lukewarm state of mind, like I had this mantra of like, I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to make the NBA. And if I do these things, I'm, I'm doing good in life. I'm going to be in a good spot. Um, 
and, and uh, it was interesting how it, it didn't quite work out that way. Hmm. Um, I finally did make the NBA. Um, Just by saying every day I want to make the NBA and be a good person. That's all you had to do? That's it. That's all. Save me a lot. Power of, of your words, man. Yeah, it's really just keep good. saying it. That's right. No, but um, you know, I finally did make the NBA, and all these incredible things happened to you. Like mm -hmm. at a young age, you know, I was 22, and all of a sudden, people want your autograph. You know, mm -hmm. I was living in Philadelphia, like a major city, you know, and people want mm -hmm. your autograph, and you walk into a store, and you like see something you like, and you didn't look at the price tag, you just buy it. It's like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> like, this is a lot, lot of really, you know, kind of things were happening. But along the way, like, I, I wasn't plugged into a church. I wasn't, I didn't have the other side going on. I was just being a good person. I was trying to treat yeah. people nicely, and, and I, was, I was in the NBA. And I've never been, like, depressed, I don't think, like, not for a long period of time. But I woke up one morning towards the end of the season, and I was just as low as low could be. Mm -hmm. And I was, I, was, I was mad at God. I was mad at myself for mm -hmm. being in this spot. I was confused mm -hmm. that, like, why aren't I, why, this isn't it. Like, why is it not it? I ended up taking this like seven hour long shower, like forever long, trying to figure this all out, right? <laughs> in this big apartment building where the water, hot water doesn't run out. And I just like sat there and eventually the water did run out. So it does happen. <laughs> it does happen. The hot water runs out. But, um, you know, I just, I was just really working this through with God. You know, I'm like, why am I here? Why am I in this spot? And, and um, I had this, this incredible like snapshot, you know, it's like these two paths that I, that I could go down. Mm. And one path was, you know, these like everything the world had to offer. Mm. Everything, you know, like there's fame and there's, you can go out and do whatever you want and girls and money and, you know, like whatever. But like I was looking at the examples that I had mm. going that way and everyone was like sad and mm. no one like, you know, like everyone's always kind of protecting what they had, mm. you know, everyone's worried about what's coming next. Mm. Um, like no one had any joy. Like mm. that whole path was a whole path of chasing happiness, mm. right? And then on the other side was the examples that I had growing up. And like, mm. my dad makes like 50000 a year. This mm. guy makes $20 million a year. They both live paycheck to paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but like, this guy is chasing happiness and mm. this guy is filled with joy. Wow. And it was just it's it's awesome. Like, it was just yeah. like, I got to go this way. I don't really know how to do it and I got to bring basketball this way mm. and I don't know how to navigate that all the way mm. but I gotta try mm. you know and I think even more so just the example you know that, that I had like in in my family like like parents you know a lot of people in here have kids you know like we, we learn how to be a parent by watching our parents like either we're gonna try to do it like you or we're gonna try to do it the other way mm. but you're being watched and what the, you can do later on, like, I am so grateful that I had what I had. But not everyone has this, right? No. So, like, it's the same thing with it. as a Christian, mm. right? People are watching you. They're watching mm. how you live. Like, they're going to try to do it that way. They're going to try to do it the other way. But I was so grateful in that moment yeah, to see that, the that I, in the two paths, like, it was yeah. like, I got this example, and I'm going to try to go. I don't know how to do it, but I'm going to try to go this way instead. Yeah. It's a huge difference. I don't know if you caught it, but chasing happiness, mm. which you can spend a lifetime doing and never get or living with joy, regardless mm. of your circumstances and mm. what you have or don't have, mm. is that you can have joy in God or you can right. spend a life chasing happiness. And I think how important for you early in your career, like you said, end of the first season, you had a snapshot of that. I mean, what God, the way that that changed kind of the trajectory for you of your life and what might've happened had you not sort of had that kind yeah. of moment with God is pretty, it's yeah. pretty intense to no. think about. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, joy is joy. Joy isn't like you don't go chase joy. Yeah, you know, like you think you are, but it's just kind of happiness. There's a difference. Joy, you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Joy, happiness. Like, yeah. like joy. Like you can't even explain joy, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you are just like, and it only comes from Jesus. That's kind of where I'm going with this, right? Like, yeah. I can go and buy whatever and chase and do whatever. All I get is happiness. Maybe. And happiness, well, for a yeah. minute. Yeah. Happiness goes. It goes. Yeah. Joy is like self-sustainable. Like joy yeah. keeps you going. Joy brings yeah. you higher. You know. Yeah. Um, and so huge. it's it's been a big. That was a big like awesome shot that we got. Well, that I moment. think it's important too for you. That you you know you kind of looked at the examples that you had in, in your family and people that you respected and looked up to. And I, I know for you, your dad gave you a verse when you were was graduating college. Is that what mm-hmm. it was? And he kind of mm-hmm. said, kind of prayed a verse over you that became a pretty important and foundational verse for you. Um, and it has to do with uh, kind of how you measure your steps, the steps that you take with God. In fact, the verse is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, your life verse. Mm-hmm. And this verse is so maybe you, we've talked about this a couple weeks ago at Soul City Church with Pastor Andy Stanley. This verse has been so central for you that you even for a, for a while, for a season, had it printed on your shoe. Mm-hmm. And it's like that, like literally, no, seriously, like you can zoom in and see, like that was on his shoes. How cool is that? That, you know, th- this was one of those things. You had a moment where you're like, okay, if this is the path I'm going to go, then I need to know that God is going to guide and guard every step along the way. Why mm-hmm. is that? Why don't you share that verse with us, share it with yeah. us, and why has that been so important to you in your faith journey, but also your career as well? Um, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not in your own understandings. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. And kind of going back to the, the two paths, like, you know, like I've always just seen, like, you work at the church, and you do church all day, or you go and you party, right? Or you live crazy lifestyle in the NBA. Those are the only two paths that I kind of knew, hmm. right? So I didn't know how, like, what does this path yeah, look like all the yeah. way? So, like, when I, I take this verse, and, like, the first thing you automatically go to is trust in the Lord with all your heart. I'm like, yep, I'm going to trust you. But there's so much more to the verse. Like, the verse keeps on going, obviously. And, and, and what, what I really get from this verse is, like, like, if you're truly walking in step with the Lord, and that's what we're really trying to do. Like, when you are trying to grow in your faith. You're trying to figure out how can I walk in step with Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. And, and for me, as I'm trying to navigate this path that I don't really know where I'm going, I'm asking when I say, I'm, I trust you, Lord, that I don't know where this path is going, and I don't, I, you're not going to lead me 10 steps. And I'm not going to see all the next 10 steps, but I need you to show me the next one. Like, where does my next foot rest? You know? And uh, so as you're trying to navigate a world that you don't really know what's going on, like, we all have this, right? Like, we don't know what we're doing half the time. Like, we're just like, yeah, next day, like, how, n- next step, keep on making steps. Like, just, Lord, what is it? You know? And, and that's what this verse is to me, and that's, that's, mm-hmm. what, it, that's what it... Yeah, because for you, you could have never imagined or anticipated the path that God would sort of lead your life down. You couldn't have ever imagined, even just look back last couple of years. I mean, you could have never anticipated all that, but to start each day and say, okay, God... I want to trust you for the next step. I may not yeah. see it all. Probably better that I don't see it all because I'll try right. and control it. Right. But I'll take the next step and I'll take the next step. I mean, it's amazing right. what God does with that faithfulness. Yeah. We were talking a couple weeks ago at, at the beginning of our focus series. I share this with you. Uh, our Proverbs series where Andy Stanley says that when it comes to that trusting in God with all your heart, that you start with God by saying yes, and then you ask him, what's the question? You start with God by saying yes, Lord. Now, what's the question? What, what, what's the direction? Where you, and so it's just a way of positioning and posturing yourself to say, I'm going to, God, I'm going to say yes to you and not just all the ways that make sense to me. Yes, Lord, now what's the question? And it's been 
you know, like you'd say, you certainly haven't done that perfectly, but it's been a way that's really kind of guided and guarded your steps over right. your career, which is huge. Right. I know for you, one of the things that uh, we've talked about is what it means for you to be a Christian follower of Jesus in the NBA and all the expectations that come with that. People like Christians expect you to be one thing. Everyone else doesn't know what to think of you. And you're in a, you're in a sport where it's not really as welcome. Some sports is a little bit easier maybe to be a Christian in. Like not as, I mean, from my, you know, I'm, I'm pretty big in the NBA world, but um, <laughs> from my experience, <laughs> attending a couple games, um, <laughs> It's not as easy for you. And so I, I think, and I think, well, so you can go, oh yeah, talk about what it means to be a Christian in the NBA. But it's just, I bet you it's the same for you. If you're serious about following God or you're exploring God and you have questions about God, my hunch is there's an environment in your life where it doesn't feel safe or you're not sure if you can talk about that. And maybe for you, it's at work. Or maybe, maybe for you, it's in your family. If your family knew that you were here this afternoon and with the comments that you would hear about it, or maybe it's with the spouse. And so I'd love for you to share kind of what God has taught you what you've learned about mm-hmm what it means to leverage your life. I think Kurt said that really well, to leverage your life for God, share your faith within the context of the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's been an interesting, like, trying to figure that out. Like, whenever you come, you're in Christian circles, like, everybody always wants to be like, how are you ministering to your teammates? And who's, who are you leading to Christ? And, like, all these things. And I'm like, I don't really know. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> trying to play this game right trying now. Trying to make some baskets, you know? But... Um, <clears throat> No, it, it, but you do want that to be part of your life, right? But the, the challenge for me, you know, it's like you, you have, you got these young, a lot of young guys who, you know, come mm. up with, they don't have anything, and then all of a sudden they got a whole ton of money, and mm. they are ready to go. You know what I mean? And it's, it's for me to come up to them and be like, you know what, there's a better life for you. <laughs> <laughs> they don't hear that, yeah. right? Like, that's going to go in one ear out the other, and we're not going to really have a conversation after this, right? Mm. So... The whole, the whole challenge to me, like, you know, is how do I build relationships with mm. these guys? And, you know, I mean, we can talk about this for a long time, but, like, to me, it's like, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you be honest with people? And, and, and for me, like, how, how do I connect with guys that maybe on the outsides I don't have a lot in common with, you know? Like, I'm a little bit older, you know, we come from different backgrounds, you know, whatever. And, and I found that if I just kind of give them my, like, shiny Christian talk, right, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't go anywhere. I have to be real, and I have to be vulnerable, and I have to probably say, you know what, like, when I was a rookie, like, I had to do this and this, and, this, and I did this horribly, and I went through this stretch where I, you know, I mean, like, the coach was mad at me, and I wasn't playing, like, mm-hmm. when, I, when I can talk to them about what I did wrong, mm-hmm. and about maybe where I wasn't so perfect, mm-hmm. like, the conversation goes two ways, mm-hmm. where it's not just me just telling them, like, you know, how to be better, right? Mm. Um, I mean, so that's really, that, that, I, I really, like, Christianity is so, I mean, our faith, my faith for such a long time was just built on rules and following the rules. Mm. And, like, how, how, do you, how do you live a life that you're trying to follow the rules, but you don't make that, like, the whole thing, mm-hmm. right? And we have to be able to admit where we've fallen short, mm. and we have to be able to share that. And we don't want to just jump our, or dump our junk on everybody. Like, that's, that's mm-hmm. we don't want to just live in our junk. But how, how are we processing through this? How are we... How are we navigating through this situation with the coach or not playing time? Or mm. a lot of guys get married. A lot of guys have kids. Like, how, yo, I got no idea how to be a parent. You know mm. what I mean? Like, how, how, do we, how am I doing this? How are you doing this? Mm. Like, you build a relationship over time. And then the second part is, like, you know, you, you got to, like, when, when you have a kid, when you have a kid, you go to the hospital, you have this incredible experience having this baby. It's craziness, right? <laughs> you get... 
VHS tape that's 12 minutes long, and you push play, and you watch it, and then you get the baby and you go home. <laughs> like everything else in life, you have, to, you have to take a test, you have to go to college, it, not for kids. You just like watch a tape and you get to go home, <laughs> right? And so, like, a lot of these guys don't have good examples of what it looks like for a healthy marriage and what it looks like to be there for your kids. A lot of these guys don't have dads. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, how, as a dad, mm. can I leverage that, I use that to have a good impact on them? You know, so this is all going to come full circle in a second, I promise. <laughs> like, when I, after a game, I'll go to the family room, and I'll go find Juliet, and we're not going to sit there and make out, but I'm going to give her a kiss, mm. right? And then we're going to hold good. hands while we talk to everybody else, and then we're mm. going to walk out afterwards holding hands. Right, because I want them to see that I love my wife, and mm. this is what a good marriage looks like. To set right? an example for them. Right, I want to set yep. an example. So once, once you've built the relationship, and you see the example, you get trust. Right, mm. and this stuff just takes time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we're in a world where we want quick results, yeah. and like yeah. our family has this little saying that you know, Christianity should be caught and not taught. Mm. Like it's one thing to sit here and tell everybody like what they should be doing. It doesn't get you anywhere, mm. right? And it really just makes us look really bad. Mm. You know what I mean? So you've got to dig into the relationship. So a big thing for me had to learn what to do is how do I connect with people who maybe I don't have a lot in common with from the outside? How do I find that middle ground? And how do I live in that middle ground? And how do I build mm. the relationship? Try to, try to have it, you know, be an example. And then eventually... We, you know, we have a great conversation. Yeah. I remember yeah. you telling me about a conversation you had right before a game. It was kind of the, the fruit of you kind of being honest, living yeah. your life out in front of them, and yeah. trying as best you can to set an example. And this is mit, like right yeah. before a game. Like Tibbs is about to go on his rant, right? Like this is about to happen right before. I think You're saying playing. that Coach Tibbs would Tibbs. yell or he'd get upset about things? <laughs> interesting. never seen that. When he has game. a voice. Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's, right, it's loud. Right. No, but... Um, like he was about to go, and, and one of my teammates came up to me. We're in Utah, actually. And he's like, you don't cheat on Juliet, do you? I was wow. like, no. He's like, why? Wow. Right, because, I mean, a lot of guys, I mean, people haven't why seen not? healthy yeah. marriages. They don't, they right. don't know differently, right? Mm. And I didn't have a clean Christian speech with the verse at the end to, like, tie it all in. But I was just like, you know what, like... I believe that God created us all equal. And, and so that means me and Juliet are equal. Mm. And if I'm going to cheat on her, somehow I'm telling her that I'm more important than she is. Wow. Right? And I, I made an oath before God and before my family and friends that I would not cheat on her, that I would stay faithful. And my God has been so faithful to me. Wow, Kyle. Like the way that I can show him my faithfulness yeah. is by loving my wife well. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. So it wasn't like... It just came out of nowhere, too. I didn't even know. Like, I, I, if I would have tried to plan a speech, it would have been horribly. <laughs> like, but this just kind of came out. And then he was sitting there, and he was, he was like, wow. I want to get married someday. Wow. Not now. <laughs> <laughs> but someday I want to get married. And I was like, good seed, man. That's all we're supposed to do, right? Yeah, like, we just get so the seed, seeds. and we throw the seed, and we hope that God waters it and something. But yeah. that's all we're supposed to do, Yeah. right? And right. so... Or maybe, you know, you don't, try, you don't have everything lined up for your, like, save your teammate speech and build a small group and all that. Like, yeah. like <laughs> honestly, like, where we can all start is just, you know, like, being honest. Yeah. 
Like, we can't be perfect Christians, but we can be honest Christians. Wow. Like, honesty goes really far. It goes, genuineness goes really far. Wow. You can be genuine and try to lead by an example. Like, that works, man. It it takes time, but it works. Yeah. Did you get that? To not, there's a difference between being a perfect person and an honest person or a perfect follower of Jesus and honest. And I've tried to be perfect and it doesn't get me very far and it doesn't seem to, not a lot of people are drawn to that as much as I might think they are. Like you kind of, in your story growing up, like playing by all the rules and doing it right, that's not, it's appealing. People are drawn, I think I've heard you say, people are drawn to your failures more than they are your success. Right. Because I can relate to that. Right. And so to be an honest follower of Jesus and say, I don't know, or I don't have this figured out, or I'm trying to figure it out too, I think is a lot more, it opens the conversation and the relationship up significantly. Like people too, like, you know, people, um, um, you know, I, I, I lived a good part of my life as a lukewarm Christian. I still am, right? Or hopefully not, but like I've been there for a really long period of time. And, and people always ask me, like, don't you get, like, persecuted for being a Christian in the NBA? I'm like, no, I don't look like I get persecuted. But when I stopped, when I made an intentional effort to not be lukewarm and mm. really take a stand for what I believe in mm. and be able to articulate it, not with Bible verses, but with real talk, nice. I actually got some respect. Wow. It wasn't like, you're stupid, man. Like, why aren't you doing this and doing that? It's just like, I respect that, man. There's something in everybody that, that, that's, that's drawn to that, that kind of thing, yeah. right? To drawn Conviction. to doing the right thing. Conviction, yeah. Yeah. right? And, and a, lot of, a lot of us, like, the people who get, you know, I mean, Tim Tebow, maybe that's way on the other side. <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. But like, <laughs> He's coming like, next week. He's coming next week, so we'll talk to him. Not you know, but like when you, when, when, when you can articulate it without just saying, because the Bible tells me so, or because I'm a Christian, you gain respect. Yeah. Right? So that's just something to kind of think about. Yeah, that's huge. I know for you, Kyle, that it's hard not to draw uh, correlations and, and, and metaphors between, I mean, this thing has been a part, like the, Jesus and basketball have been a part of your life since as long as you can remember. And I know that God's even used some of your uh, training in basketball in the way that the disciplines that you've developed to not only improve your game, but to, bigger than that, to shape your faith in the way that you have a relationship with God. And one of the big things for you that I've heard you talk about is the, is the difference between training versus trying. That there's two approaches really kind of, in all, lots of things. I can try and do really well, or hope that things go well, or I can do the things that only I can do to train while God does the things that only he can do. Why don't you talk a little bit about training versus trying and what God has taught you through that? Yeah, um, I got two stories. And then we'll do that thing where we tie it together at the end again. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> I like that. Um, yeah. So uh, first one is well, I married my wife, Juliet. She's, she was uh, here for this middle service. We had to take her back for a nap. She was a little falling apart. But anyway, so she, when we first, uh, we first started dating, she didn't know anything about basketball. She did not know a single. It was like, it was good, right? It was a good thing. I liked it. Yeah. But it was... She didn't know a single thing. So she starts coming to all these games. She's an artist at heart. She is a creative. She is an artist. She is an artist. I was a sporter, right? That's That's what she called me. She called me a sporter. (laughs) It's not even a word. Yeah, like no idea what's going on like on that court down there, right? Awesome. But like coming to all these games and kind of taking it in. And by the end of the season, uh, one of the games towards the end of the season, she came up to me after the game and I had a couple bad shooting games in a row. And she's like, you know what your problem is? Like, you don't practice right. It's like, really? It's like, yeah, you get out there before the game and you get a ball and you take your time and you shoot it and you make it and then you go find another ball and you, you stand there and you look at the rim and you shoot it and you make it and then you smile. She's like, and then you get in the game 
and someone's chasing you, and you got to shoot it faster, and so you shoot it faster, and you miss. She's breaking it down. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to go to the gym, and I'm going to chase you around the court with a knife. <laughs> That's awesome training. That is another it's level. Like, That's another yeah, level. But there's something to that, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll come back. There's something, there to, something that. to that. Mine is a metal knife. I don't yeah, know. But anyway, right. we'll come back. But like the, the, the second thing, the story, is um, there's this concept that uh, I, we live in California in the off-season. There's a trainer that I work with. And um, he brought this concept called a masogi to me. And uh, a masogi... It comes from this, like, it's a jujitsu, um, I don't even know the whole backstory of a jujitsu thing that, you know, we, we, we want our kids, and we want, like, when we're in our good spot, we want to be thinking like this, right? We want to think anything is possible. We want to dream big dreams and pray big prayers and, and, and think outside the box, and we want to go for stuff, right? Especially our kids. That's what we want them to do. Be brave and courageous, all those good things. But as we get older, we tend to go the other way. We lose. Mm -hmm. We get burned. We, whatever, life happens. We start planning more. Um, we start basing this, our decisions based on fear, maybe, mm -hmm. right? We're all connected with this a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. I get it in life. I get it in basketball. He's like, so this is what you do to combat this, right? Once a year, you do something that you're not sure you can do. So, like, we start with marathons, but we're thinking a little bigger, Right? It's not I'm climbing to the top of that mountain. It's I'm going to the top of that mountain, and the farthest mountain I can see, I'm going to try to go there. Mm. And before I go, I'm going to accept that I might not make it, mm. but I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it all that I have, and I'm going to spend all this time in this. Do I got a little more? I do got a little more. Do I got, how do I learn how to grind? How do I get mm. past this obstacle while I'm tired? Right? Mm. All these things that you kind of learn. I was like, I'm in. I love it. I love it. I feel it in life. I feel it in basketball. What are we doing? He's like, well, have you ever stand-up paddleboard before? I was like, no. How do you feel about stand-up paddleboarding from the Channel Islands to Santa Barbara? So it's like 30 miles across the open water, right? In the ocean. In the ocean. Yeah. There's big fish down there. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, cool. Like, let's do it. So we practiced, like, I don't know, five or six times, and we went across the... Um, that seems like enough for a 30-mile yeah, paddleboard sure. trip. <laughs> I wasn't falling at that point, you know? I was like, yeah, I got this. So we got out there, and, and, and uh, like, I'm just like, I'm just going to paddle. I don't really know. I'm not really that comfortable on the board yet, but I'm just going to grind it, and this is what I do, right? Like, I just kind of keep going. And, uh, like, the waves were, like, four to six feet high, right? Like, I'm I fell, like, in the second minute, and I couldn't get back on my board because the waves were too big. So I'm paddling on my knees, and my Oshkin slaughters, like, out to here, and the bottoms of my toes are bleeding on top of the board. And I'm like, man, we are never going to make this it, right? This is mile one, yeah. This is, like, ten minutes in. Yeah. <laughs> so keep on going. And, um, um, like, eventually, like, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to do this. How do I figure this out? Like, how do I really go? Mm. And I, there was no mile marker, yeah. right? There was no block, no tree, no way to gauge my progress. There was just mm. all this water and a mountain way in the distance, 30 miles away, that I could kind of see, you know? Mm. So I couldn't break it down that way. That's what we're taught when we're young, right? Mm. Like, if you got a big goal, like, you break it down into achievable mm. goals, and then you go for that one. Well, mm. I couldn't break it down. So I had to break it down again. And that was the stroke. That's all that I had. Mm. All I could control was just the stroke, right? Mm. So I was just, I just got lost in the stroke, you know? And I'm like, 
okay, if I pull it out of the water this way and I get the blade in this way, I think I get the most pull. And if I turn the paddle in my handle, my hand a little bit, like it doesn't hurt as bad because my wrist was really hurting. And then like, how do I use my back and how, what's my balance? How do I shift it? And you just got lost in the most simplest motion, which mm -hmm. was the stroke, right? Stroke. I can change it a little bit. How to make it better? Stroke. Mm -hmm. A little bit different. Mm -hmm. Make it stroke. Oh, that feels good. Mm -hmm. And I do it over and over. And I got lost in the stroke. And nine hours later, we touched Santa Barbara. Wow. Right? Like, it took a long time. But, it, but because, right. like, like, trying, right? Training versus trying. Trying is just being there like, man, this is so far. Like, oh, well, how am I going to get there? Right. Training was like, okay, how am I going to do this? Stroke. How do I stroke the best? That is training, right? Yeah. So that carried over into basketball for me. Like, okay, I, we play 82 games in a year. When you're in that sweet spot, the zone that people talk about where, like, you see things before they happen, the, the baskets, everything's just going in, you just got to see the rim, whatever you do in life, there's, like, this zone, artists get in this zone yeah. that they, they just create, and they'd only last for a short period of time. Like, it, you only get that zone every once in a while. 82-game schedule, you know, for us, I might get it three or four games, and it's wow. only going to last, like, a quarter. Yeah. But I got to play all these other games, yeah. and I got to play well, or yeah. I'm in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. So how do I, what does is, what is a stroke for me in basketball look like? And it was breaking down my shot, right? So I, this last year, I became, like, so, like, crazy about, like, probably, like, a little too far, but, like, about the angle of my elbow and how I was using my legs and, and like, and how my, my core was engaged. And all, like, I broke every single thing down to its simplest thing, and then I did it game speed, Without the knife, right? Yeah. We didn't need the knife. <laughs> We're just right? And I felt yeah. such a difference in my shot. Mm. Well, it's like, well, then how do you carry that over into your faith? Because that's why we're here, right? Mm. Like, how, like, what does a stroke look like in faith? And I've thought about this actually for a really long time before this thing today. And, and like, to, to me, um, like, the stroke is, is your step. Like, mm. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Right? Step by step. The step is the stroke. Okay, so how do I, when, I'm, when I was stroking, when I'm in a zone in basketball or whatever, you're in a zone, do whatever you do, how do you feel? Right? You feel, you feel poised. Mm. You feel calm. You feel confident. Um, all these things, like how do I get that in my faith? Sometimes in our faith, like we're like in this good spot, sweet spot, yeah. right? Where you're just like, yo, I'm reading my Bible and like I feel like I'm close to God. Yeah. Why, why, why would I be waiting for that one moment mm. in my faith with that? Why would I be waiting for that one time in basketball Perfect. when I'm in the rhythm? How do I make that happen more often? Wow. And how do I operate through the schedule when I don't have that rhythm? I don't have That's that good. zone. And to me, it's yeah. the stroke. How do you walk in step with That's the Spirit? Good. Right? Yeah, and I think what's huge about that, Kyle, as we've talked about that, is that you know, trying can get you a certain distance, but when challenging or difficult circumstances come, when waves come or when, you know, things that overwhelm you, man, you, everything kind of goes out the window. But that training, that steady, like, today I'm going to do the thing I know that only I can do. So we say it around here at Soul City Churches. I'm responsible to do the things that only I can do. God's responsible to do the things that only he can do. Right. And so my job is to show up every day and to be present with God and to do the little things that I can do to say, okay, right. God, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to engage with you and be honest about you, God. I'm going to ask for joy instead of hoping that it comes. I'm going to seek you. Right. And then God does, God's that wind 
that yeah. pushes you, that wave that yeah. propels you as you show up and do the things that you do. Yeah. He always, always does right. what only he can do. Like the stroke is what you fall back on. Yeah. Right. So when everything is like bananas in your brain and in, in your life, it's just like, okay, I got to get back to center. Yeah. Right. Like, how do I do that? And like, so it's, it's different for all of us. Like, yeah. what does stroking look like for you? Like, you know, um, we're all built differently. Like, we can't say this is the way you should do it. But, but like, you, it's, it's worth your time, right? And it's worth your faith to figure out for you what stroking looks like. Yeah. What is your foundation? Like, what is, what gets you centered? What gets you, like, we can't base our Christianity on an awesome worship song on Sunday, because some Sundays, as amazing as they are, like you've got it's whatever going on in your life. And so I'm going to base everything that I've going on on, a, on him. Yeah. Great guy. Awesome. <laughs> right? He doesn't need that pressure. And yeah. you shouldn't, like, right? Like, he's not Jesus. Yeah. You've got to find Jesus on your own. Yeah. And you find it by learning how to stroke by yourself. Yeah. The disciplines, the daily rhythms. Right? Like we're, like, we're in a, like, we're doing this. My wife, we have a 19-month-old baby. She's pregnant. Seven months pregnant. And we're, we just thought we'd do this two-week tour through the Midwest. <laughs> and we got no rhythm right now in our life, right? Like, she can't sleep. All this stuff's going on. But, like, what do I fall back on? Like, how do that's I good. come back to center right now yeah, in my good. life, you know? And, that's uh, good. Yeah. I know for you, Kyle, that you kind of have an interesting career, an interesting job, because for you, while you're doing all these little daily disciplines, these little things, these private internal things between you and God— there are lots of people watching you all the time and lots of expectations on you. And while it may not be the same for all of us, all of us have our own sort of feel of like, okay, man, the pre- you know, pressure's on, or I feel like man, I got to perform for this person, or I got to do this right for my boss or for my spouse or all these sorts of things. And for you, there's kind of been a, a mantra for you that, that has come from playing basketball, but has really kind of really greatly been a part of your faith and your relationship with God. And that's the, it's this, you play for an audience of one. That's been a really important thing for you that no matter how many people are watching or no matter how well things are going, I always only play for an audience of one. Can you talk about what that has meant for you and your relationship with God? Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think we've all heard audience of one before, right? And, and uh, it's really big in the sports, the sporter world. Sporter. <laughs> the sporter world. <laughs> we like that, that, that audience of one talk. Um, but I, I never really fully understood what it meant, really, until I got to the NBA. And it's just interesting, like, I didn't see this one coming, but, mm. like, you, you just, you deal with a lot of junk, right? Like, there's too much praise and there's too much criticism. Mm. And it's just like this roller coaster ride. If you, especially today with social media and, it, and like, you know, all, everyone has a little comment and something, sports talk radio and ESPN and sports center, all of it. Like, there's just so much out there that's, like, kind of picking you apart a little bit, right? And um, sometimes things are going good, and like you want to ride that wave of like, yeah, we're on ESPN. Like I was on the good top ten, not the bad top ten. Like that's a good thing, you know. But like, like when I when I can when I can play with joy, mm. right? When I have an audience of one, mm. when all I really care about is 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 walking step in his step, in the stepping in the spirit. When I can do that well, I have joy. And that's playing with an audience of one, mm. right? So it's like, how do you do that? And I think, unfortunately, sometimes you just have to get burned. I thought it worked for me. Mm. Like, you don't want it to have to happen this way, mm. right? But, like, I just, like, like, there's, seasons don't always end well. I've never won the championship. Mm. And, like, being a, like, a shooter, like, lots of times I take shots at the end of the game. That's mm. kind of, like, where I am. 
And so, like, like I've been in, here in Chicago and not made shots against Miami and just been super embarrassed mm. to, like, come to church or to mm. walk around the city because everyone sees you as that guy that missed the shot. Mm. Right? That's a hard thing. It's like, you mm. know, maybe it's not a big deal, but, like, it, hurt, it hurts me, right? Yeah. And so it's like, how do, I, how do I live where that doesn't matter? How do I find the joy? How do I walk in step with the Spirit? And uh, I think as I walk in step with the Spirit, like, I realize that like, no matter all these things that have gone on, basketball, life, whatever, like, I'm okay. Mm. I'm actually pretty good, mm. right? Because like, I'm not going to be defined by that made shot or miss shot made or miss shot, right? Not just the misses, not just the makes. I'm going to be defined by how I'm stepping with the Spirit. Mm. That just gives me such a peace and such a confidence. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's, it's been, it's like the search for the joy, right? Like, how do you find the joy? It's a daily thing, renewing mm. your mind, starting over, mm. right? Um, carrying your cross every day, you know? Mm. How do you do that? Um, it's finding that rhythm, finding that joy. I think that's such a, a powerful internal driver, Kyle, for you. Because, yeah, like you said, in your industry, there's all kinds of praise and criticism that comes. And in our lives, there's the same thing. And to start by saying, this is what drives me, my relationship with God and seeking his joy. You know, his joy that, as the Bible says, is my strength. His joy mm-hmm. is my strength. That, that kind of, that, that just changes, it can change your yeah. perspective regardless of the circumstances that may come your way. And I think t- t- taking what you talked about, just the little, what are the little things that you can do? I wonder what it would look like for you this week, even tomorrow morning, to start by saying, I am going to seek the joy of God. I want to seek his delight in me. I want his joy to literally fill me on the inside and pour out of me. I mean, can you imagine like all kinds of different motivations that you've had to face. You've had coaches who've yelled at you. You've had coaches who could seemingly care less. But that internal motivation of joy, what that can do to change your perspective and to change the choices that you make, it's a little thing that you and I can do this week to say, God, I'm going to seek to live in the midst of your joy, whatever may come my way. I'm choosing this today. That's a powerful, powerful thing for um, you to do. I got this weird thing that I got to battle with tattoos, right? <laughs> like... When I go, especially like back to Pella in Iowa or wherever, like there's always a couple people, usually older ladies, who walk up to me like, I'm so glad you're not one of those basketball players with all those tattoos, right? And so, but I like tattoos. I want, I want to have them, you know? Like I, th- I think you can do them well, you know? Like it's cool. Like my wife's got some. I got one. You just can't see it. They I just play. can't see it. Yeah, that's right. right. You know, I got to do that. But like I want to tattoo joy on my bicep. No, that's cool. Like because joy is like a wonder drug, man. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've, we all find motivation. If you're going to try to go for something in life, you got you got you got to find drive, right? And you find all these different ways to make it happen. You're going to prove them wrong. You got you know all these different things that just just junk, mm. right? Joy takes me to a whole new level. That's good. Like when I was watching the finals this year, like I, I, it was like the Spurs had joy. Yeah. Right. Not that Miami doesn't, but Miami they just get like. I actually, I actually like a lot of the guys, and I'm not like a hater, like every, like a lot of people here probably, but like <laughs> pretty much all of us. Like yeah. they, they, they got so much expectation and yeah. pressure and stuff that yeah. we just can't even dream about. You yeah. know what I mean? And they just, it just looked like they felt it, yeah. right? And you saw just a different level of play. I'm yeah. just like the Spurs are moving the ball and they're making shots and they're not afraid, yeah. right? This team's playing to win. This team's playing not to lose. Wow. Like, that's joy. Yeah, it's a big Right? Like, that's a great, for me as a basketball player, like, that is, that is a great picture for me, you know? Yeah. Like, before games, 
um, I have this little pray, I, a card that I, I pray. Like the whole, I have this whole process leading up to the game. And the whole thing is to just shake off all my junk, right, and go out there and play with joy. That's cool. Like it's like how do I leave all the criticism or what coach said or, you know, whatever's going on at home. Like how do I, how do I before I go perform in whatever we're going to do, before I go perform in the basketball court, how do I shake it all off mm-hmm. and go out there and play with joy? Because when I got joy, I'm, a, I'm better. Yeah. I'm just better. I'm better than anything else that I could use to motivate me. What a cool um, word, man. Cool. I, thought, I asked Kyle ahead of time if this would be okay, and I thought this would be a really cool way for us to end our conversation. And then we're going to spend just one song responding to God and really singing to him from what we've talked about, from the inside out, you know, from the inside of our hearts and then singing it out to him and out to this world. But I asked Kyle, this, when he says he has this little purple card that he prays off of, he's had it for a very very long time. And it's part of his pregame ritual to pray this prayer. And what I thought would be so cool for Russell City is to have him, I don't think you've ever prayed this over a group of people before, but to have him pray part of this prayer over our church today and over your life today, that you would do whatever you have to do, the little things that you can do to take a step closer to God today, to keep in step with God, and to let joy be what drives you, that joy that leads to gratitude and peace and hope. And so I thought if we could, if you'd stand up right now and I'd love, Kyle, if you would be willing to pray this prayer over our church. And I'm so grateful for this time today and so grateful for your love for God and for this church. And so what a gift it would be for us to receive this today. So if you would pray, and then we're going to respond and sing together from the inside of our hearts out to God. Should we pray? Come, Holy Spirit, and renew us. Fill us anew with your power, your life, and your joy. Strengthen us where we have felt weak and clothe us with your light. Fill us with life. And Lord Jesus, please send your holy angels to minister to us and our families. Guard us and protect us from all sickness, all harm, and all accidents. We praise you now and forever, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we ask these things in Jesus' holy name, that he may be forever glorified. Amen. Amen. Thanks,